Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness, who we featured on episode 145. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. Now, you might have noticed that I didn't release a Wednesday episode over the past two weeks. That's because I was on my annual hunting trip to northern New Hampshire, but I'm back, and I'll be putting out two episodes a week for the remainder of the year. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to take a look at the leadership books on my website. I've written three leadership books, and I recommend you start with I Have the Watch first. It's filled with 22 short stories that will help you become a better leader. It's a quick read, and most people finish it in less than three hours. It's also available in Kindle and on Audible, so you can listen to it in your car or while working out, and a Spanish version is also in the works. So check out all my books, either on Amazon or on my website, johnsrenny.com. And also, I just wanted to mention that the Deep Leadership Podcast is now ranked in the top 2.5% most popular shows out of 3 million podcasts globally, according to Listen Score. And we're also closing in on the top 100 management podcasts in the U.S. So I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in every week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this show grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today's episode is very interesting. We're going to be talking about the concept of a leader's playlist, and my guest is Susan Drum. She's going to introduce this concept to us and tell us how our playlist often acts as a ceiling to our leadership effectiveness. Now, she shows us how music can interrupt this playlist and help us become a better leader. So how can music help us become a better leader? Well, listen in and find out. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Susan Drum. Susan is a CEO advisor and leadership coach with over 20 years of experience leading teams and senior executives to achieve their potential. She is the founder of Meritage Leadership, a leadership consulting firm. She's the author of a new upcoming book called The Leader's Playlist, Unleash the Power of Music and Neuroscience to Transform Your Leadership and Your Life. And I'm excited to talk to her about the idea of a leadership playlist. This is going to be very interesting. So, Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here with you. Well, it's so nice to meet you. And I am excited to talk about this because it's so interesting. And we've not talked about this at all in in 150 episodes or so. So this is going to be very interesting. So, first of all, you have a very interesting background. You have degrees in music and dramatic uh, art, industrial management, and law. So... Tell us about your your unique career path and how that led you into the world of leadership development. Yes, I I do have a pretty eclectic background. Um, I went to undergrad at Carnegie Mellon and studied industrial management, which was basically the business degree, and went from there to Harvard Law School. And what's interesting about law is it really hones your ability to make distinctions 
in fact, the LSAT, the it's test that to get into law school is really testing your aptitude to look at which of these things is not like the other. Mm. And the use case, though, for that skill is making distinctions in case law. But I would say in the work that I do now, it's really using that ability to make distinctions in mindset mm. and hearing the particular viewpoints people may have and the limiting beliefs or assumptions so I think it honed that ability to see, make, you know, make distinctions. I went from there to BCG, the Boston Consulting Group, to do strategy consulting. I decided not to practice law. I kind of figured out this was not my path. I would not be happy working at a large law firm because I had quite a lot of loan debt coming out and that was my option to pay it off. And um, I went into strategy consulting and I found you know, that was super helpful in everything I do because it's all based on, you know, your your culture needs to, su to support the strategy and vice versa. And really having that strategic management background helps a lot in the programs that we design. And from there, I went to work for NBC under GE Six Sigma program. So I yep. got a master black belt. I was a black belt and then a master black belt in wow. Six Sigma. And in doing that work, I saw how you could try to measure the unmeasurable, right? And, and I really think in leadership, that's what we do, where people can't normally measure things. We've got all sorts of assessments to help them do so, so that they can have a better framework or understanding of where they stand in their leadership and where they have room to grow. Mm. And after all of that, i that's when I went to drama school and I got a master's in acting at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. It was sort of a weird career hiatus. Um, people thought I was crazy that I was doing this. I was, I think I thought I was crazy, but there was something drawing me to that. Mm. And I would say in doing leadership development, that's been one of the most powerful tools that we use because as an actor, you learn to really connect and be authentic with your fellow actor. And, but not only that, you have to learn to deal with the inner critic, because if you don't, you're going to be distracted by the person in the front row sneezing or, you know, whatever right. may happen there. Right. And, and so you learn how to, uh, this also this ability to shift state. And I talk a lot about that in my book. Um, and I think I leverage it, let that in the work that I do. So it, it was really out of coming out of acting. And I kept thinking, God, there's got to be a way I could bring this to business. And that's when I discovered leadership development 20 years ago. Mm. And this was back when leadership development consulting, people didn't know what that was. But I found a boutique leadership development firm. I got trained in doing that work and went out on my own and have been doing it ever since and built a firm around it. So that's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a journey. <laughs> it's, it, but you know, uh, on everyone that we talk to on this podcast, everyone takes, uh, you know, strange roads, strange, you know, detours and what have you, but they, you know, they come to the same point where they say, look, there, there is a need for leadership development. There's a need for, for to, to teach, train, develop the next generation of leaders. And it's interesting how, and I talked to a lot of military, uh, former military leaders, and and they their journey is are very similar 
But um, yours is probably the most unique in, in anyone we've talked to, especially um, the law degree, the Six Sigma black belt, uh, and then also becoming going to uh, drama and music school. So that's that's yeah. pretty wild. So yeah, little did I know it would all come together in the way that it did. But I think I was trying to find my way, yeah. and I and I knew at each of those steps it wasn't quite right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there's an author called Scott Adams who talks about talent stacks and each of us has a very unique talent stacks and we bring that to the table of whatever we do. And what I've noticed is the people writing and talking about leadership have these unique talent stacks and yours just is 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 quite different. But I think, again, it's just it, it makes up who you are. And, uh, you know, as we were talking before we started, the book that we're going to talk about, no one else could write that book. You have a very unique talent stack, which allows you to see things uh, through that that lens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what uh, is going to be kind of fun to talk about when we get to it. But um, what I was going to ask you is, uh, tell us about your company, Meritage Leadership. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you and your team do and, and what makes your company so unique? Yes. So we focus on senior leadership development. Okay. And that could be in the form of doing team engagements and team development work, team coaching, uh, cohort-based coaching. Okay. where we're working with a series of SVPs or VPs across the board or the C-suite and taking them through a leadership development program, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. And we're really looking to build the capability and mindsets to be able to scale organizations and scale them more quickly. And in doing that work, I think this this ability to also be highly practical as well as making deep shifts in perspective and mindset. Uh, we do a lot of work around cognitive diversity. Okay. So looking at what are what is the unique perspective or viewpoint that you bring and where is your focus of attention and your motivator? And based on that, you have certain gifts. But just like that, you also have certain blind spots. Who, how are you working on those blind spots? One, how are you building your team around you to help, you know, fill in the gap of that mindset? And really in a lot of the teamwork that we do with cognitive diversity, you know, the best, we tend to hire people we like that are like us and that will be great and you all get along, but it actually is not the most effective team. No, not at all. The more cognitively diverse team you have, the better results you'll produce, but also the greater conflict you're likely to have. So mm -hmm. using some of the models that we have, it's like, how do we productively work through the conflict? Because if I say it's green and you're saying it's yellow, you know, how do we how do we actually see the truth in each of those perspectives and come to that middle, middle ground? So um, that's that's what I would say you know, a longer answer to your question, but what, what we do and why we focus, uh, I think uniquely on this concept of cognitive diversity. That makes a lot of sense. What, you know, as you, as you're, as we're coming out of COVID, um, what are some of the things that your clients are working on now? What are their problems? What are their anxieties? What are the things they're trying to fix in their companies? Yeah, I, I would say in general, the rate of change is mm. exponential. Yeah. Right. Things are hitting us, you know, obviously between the pandemic and then the supply chain issues, inflation yes. um, and mental health. Mm. And so I think when you're as a leader right now, dealing with mental health, dealing with retaining and engaging your team, uh, paramount. That's what I'm hearing all the time. How do I find the right team and attract them? How do I retain? How do I engage them? 
Um, and, and knowing how do I deal with a hybrid model if that's what we have, or we went full remote. I don't know if people are working or if they're even engaged. I don't know how they're feeling. How do we, we don't, I don't have that sense anymore that I used to have. So all of that I think is front and center for a lot of leaders now. Yeah. So like you said, the rate of, rate of change is exponential. Change is always, you know, provides stress for an organization, yes. right? Anytime you go through yeah. change, we've gone through an incredible amount of change in the past three years. So it's not um, not surprising to hear that's the kind of things they're facing, the challenges, they're, the things they're trying to solve, like attract and retain talent in this you know era where people can simply leave their jobs and there's no stigma attached to it anymore. Like it used to be, you know, you want to keep a resume fairly solid, yeah. you know, long, but now it doesn't matter. You know, no one, it doesn't seem to matter that much anymore. So employees, if they're not happy or they're not feel they're feeling like they're not, um, you're not really contributing or, or, or growing as a person, they're going to leave and go find the next job. So yes. yeah, it's, it's a big struggle. Uh, and so it sounds like a lot of the leaders you work with are going through the, some of the same challenges we've heard, uh, you know, from other people we've talked to. So, so yes. same, same yes. levels of stress is out. Change creates challenge. And that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. One, one thing on your website uh, with your company, and I, I really like this, and I wanted you to, to kind of talk a little bit about. It. You said that um, that leadership should be a blend of authentic relationship building skills and I love the and results or a results oriented expertise, and those should be uh, balanced appropriately to fit the type of leadership required within the organization. So we have relationships and we have results. So mm-hmm. and they're a balance. So explain what you mean by that. Yeah, I think you need both the ability to build rapport and connect and form deep, warm connections, as well as the ability to achieve results, right? That's what you're there as a leader to do, to create outcomes that matter the most. And how you, but how leadership is doing that through others. Mm. If you're just going to do it yourself, then you're an independent contributor. You've got to do that through others. That's how scale happens. And how you create the conditions for others to thrive, how you create the conditions to build their capacity, um, efficiency, and doing that type of work is really what we're about. And when I say I'm using those terms balanced and blended because the name uh, is from the Meritage wine or Meritage wine. Yes, I saw that. and, you know, it's a blend, it's basically a blend of, of reds that needs to be blended just, just right to be a, an exquisite wine. And, and I, I really view leadership that way as well, uh, because I believe, you know, you can, we all have strengths, but I've also seen leaders overuse those strengths to the mm-hmm. point where they become liabilities. And so having the right balance between using your strength for good versus taking it too far. And I mean, examples like you could be a really decisive leader. That's an excellent quality. Taken too far, too much of a good thing, you become pushy Mm. and you don't listen to other input and you become narrow in in your focus. Now, in some leadership situations, it will call for that. And that's a good thing, but not in every situation. Yeah. But if you keep doubling down on that, you know, you're you're basically using the wrong tool in the toolbox to get done what you need. But you don't know any better because that's the tool that you're really good at. 
it's become it's been effective for years while you yeah. keep grabbing the same tool. Yeah. Right. I really like what you're talking about. I do like the idea of balance and, and the word and, you know, it's relationship and results. And so some leaders I've seen are too relationships focused and, you know, they don't want to, you know, they're not they're, they're the nice guy that doesn't want to, you know, rock too much and everybody likes them. Or And the other side is the results only side and that you're you're pushing, pushing, pushing to get results, but you don't haven't built up rapport relationships with your employees. So it's a balance between the two of those things. And the and is the is the the key word there. It's the it's both of them. And it sounds like, yes, you know, I so that that's one of the challenges I've seen in terms of just my experience in 22 years in corporate. I've seen people on heavy on one side or the other and the people that balance them are the ones that are typically more effective mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly so you have a podcast called the enlightened executive uh so i would just question you know what do you do on your show what type of guests do you have on what's your your main focus yeah so it's a podcast and youtube channel and the tagline is your personal evolution sparks your leadership evolution Ah, so like each that. episode, we feature groundbreaking techniques and strategies to help people get the edge and personal and leadership effectiveness. Okay. And really, I wanted to use it as a platform for all of the everything from tech to programs to meditations to um, practitioners. I've seen a lot of different resources over the years. And I wanted to give a platform to share some of those resources with other leaders, as well as give a platform for leaders who have walked the talk, who have done the work to become more enlightened, meaning more self-aware, more self-developed, yeah. and this ability to lead from that perspective, a more conscious leader, and and interview them to say, what what how have you grown over the years? What was most transformational in that growth? What do you know now that you didn't know back then? Mm. And the stories are just fascinating. So it's it's a combination of both practitioners coming with tools and resources, as well as CEOs and other leaders themselves talking about their journey. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This podcast is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Now, don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to help take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. So if you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at jeremyclevengerfitness.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. 
This episode is brought to you by the Fraternity of Excellence. The Fraternity of Excellence is an online and real-world community for men who are looking to improve in all areas of their lives. The men of FOE are working together to become better husbands, fathers, and leaders at work and in their communities. They live by a simple philosophy, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, I've been a member for more than three years, and for me, I finally found a brotherhood of men that I was missing from my time in the military. Now, I love being around guys who are dedicated to becoming a better version of themselves. So if you're interested in becoming a man of excellence as well, go to fraternityofexcellence.com, or you can reach out directly to me to learn more. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Uh, and I like the idea of, of uh, enlightened means self-aware. That's one of the areas we talk a lot about is, um, at least my experience, the people, the leaders that uh, sh- that maybe fall short of uh, being great leaders are the ones that 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 typically lack the self-awareness. So they they don't realize uh, that they need development. You know, um, I, I talk a lot about it. This uh, is the people that typically consume leadership content that are watching podcasts or uh, listening to podcasts. They're watching YouTube channels, TED Talks, reading books. They are typically good leaders already trying to get better. It's the ones that are are, are not very self-aware that think that they know how to lead. They're the ones that are not consuming these leadership resources. And so, you know, uh, and I like what you're saying. So you, we, we, we want to talk to the enlightened <laughs> Leader, we wanted you to become an enlightened executive, right? Not, yes, and yes. Be self-aware, so that you're yes. not, uh, so you're not uh, burying your head in the sand, thinking that you're good when you're not actually very good. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly. great. So, let's talk about this new book because I think it's wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Leader's Playlist, uh, and uh, it's unleashing the power of music and neuroscience to transform your leadership and your life. Tell us about the origin of this, and why did you feel? the need to write such a unique book? Well, it was through my own experience of what worked for me. Ah. Um, Where, you know, I asked people to come with what's one area in life where you feel like you're bumping your head up against the ceiling and you see a recurring pattern, but you're not sure how to shift that. And everything I do, I really walk the talk. I have my own coaches. I go on retreats. And I was trying to make a breakthrough in my personal life. And, um, but I kept finding myself stuck in a certain emotional pattern, Mm. uh, which I call the old playlist. Mm. And it was the literal use of music that helped me shift and create a new neural pathway and make it happen more quickly. And I said, huh, there's something here to this. And so Mm. I started using this with clients finding it was essentially like a brain hack to help them make the changes that they wanted to make change wanted to do and i'm talking deep seated changes like the mm-hmm. the the core things where um you know the the core 
issues that seem to be constantly getting in your way that you always get the feedback on and you're like, oh yeah, I know, I know I have this like challenge. That's what I wanted to, to, to find something to help unlock. And it was music. Hmm. That is really interesting. So, so, um, so what is, if we call the leader's playlist, like you said, it's sort of a, it's a pattern, right? That we, we get stuck on. So, so what is this leader's pay, playlist and what, um, why is it uh, like a ceiling sometimes to that, that we bump into yeah. to, help, to prevent us from getting to our full potential? Well, what I saw in the work that I've been doing, obviously over a couple decades is when leaders would react to a situation it was never about the situation at hand. It actually had its uh, roots in their childhood and it was mm. coloring their perspective. So why would one leader flip out over not being invited to a meeting and another leader like maybe disappointed, but you know, and it's about our triggers, right? And so I started to look at really the book is about how our childhood wounds show up in our leadership, but I knew I couldn't write a book just about that because people are like, oh, childhood wounds. I don't want, I don't want to go there. And <laughs> when I say childhood wounds, we all have them. This is not, yeah. yes, there's some that are actual trauma, but we've all been faced with some adversity. And the wonderful thing is out of this, they become our superpower, right? We, we have this great gift, but they also come with some liabilities. And I wanted to explore how do you shift? How do you keep the superpower if I get rid of the liability? Mm. And so we use music both literally and figuratively. So figuratively is you've got this background music playing that is based from your childhood that colors how you see the world. Mm. And it is linked to a childhood wound, something that happened that you're either trying to overcome or make sure it never happens again. It's sort of the monster you're running from. And you may not even see it. I didn't even see it. I did not mm. see it until I wrote about my life. And I started to see this emotional pattern. And the emotional pattern was I started to notice, like, what was I really feeling in each of these, like, bigger events that occurred and it was, I felt like I was treated unfairly. Mm. And the emotions I was feeling were frustrated, right? And and betrayed. And I could look at, and I was like, why does this keep showing up mm. in this pattern? And what I realized is it's almost like it's a song I'm broadcasting, right? It's a frequency because it's an emotional state and emotions have frequencies that you can actually measure. And so... If, if I have this emotional frequency playing out into the world, that's what's returning back to me is these experiences. Mm. And I thought, well, I've got to get a handle on this. i got to shift this. Like this is, I do not yeah, want to yeah. create any more experiences where I'm treated unfairly because there seems to be a common theme in my life here um, yeah, yeah. from my perspective, right? And look, there were plenty of examples in my life where I was not treated unfairly, where I was blessed. And but but I noticed like my big triggers were around, again, this this piece. So I think when we use music, we both have you uncover what is that background playlist and then how to use music to catch yourself before you go down the eight lane highway of hell, <laughs> I call it, yeah, yeah. of that old newer pathway that's grooved really distinctly. And you can use music to catch yourself. As well as what is the new emotional resonance you want to be in and what is the new playlist title yeah. and what is the, the anchor songs that best will put you in that emotional state and you leverage the heck out of those. 
Interesting. So I would say this, I confess, I, I have imposter syndrome. I've had le- most of my life, uh, yet I've achieved amazing things. And um, and so there's no need for me to have an imposter syndrome, right? I, right, you know, I, right. I, I belong here, right? Yes. I deserve to yes. be here because I've done yes. the work, right? So, but that's, a, that's my playlist, right? So it's like, what, what are you doing here? What, you know, like I'll have a keynote speech and I'm like, why did, what do these people want to hear from me? They, no, they hired me to speak, yeah, right? Yeah. They want me to be here. I belong here, right? But yet my mind is like, well, you know, what am I going to say that these guys like, are going to are going to take away from that are going to be good? So that's that's probably my playlist, right? So yeah. that 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 sort of I bump into occasionally, and it's like like you said, you're not even sure where or why you have it, but you have it you know, and, yes. and you, you, you bump into occasionally, you're like, where did that come from? You know? Yes. And yes. Uh, it's interesting. And so, so you can use that music to shift your state on there. And the more yeah. you practice it, the more it becomes a deeper groove neural pathway that you can use because music has this ability to light up all regions of the brain. It's incredibly okay. powerful. It's why Alzheimer's patients who are unresponsive, you put music on their favorite songs and they come alive. They can yeah. hold they can hold conversations. It's almost like, what is that about music? And it's the ability to link to your emotional state as well as using all regions of the brain. Why not harness that to make some deep-seated changes? And that's really what the book is about. So what does it practically look like if I were working with you to try to overcome something that that, that might be our, my playlist and I'm stuck with? How, how, where, where does music fit in? Yes. Well, well, since you, so not everyone is aware of their old playlist. So right. you already have a leg up of this. This is a background song playing in the book. I detail nine of the most common ones that I've seen. Mm. So people can get a sense of, oh, I might okay. be one of these nine or you might be something different. Right. And, and so I'd, I'd have you identify your anchor song for your old playlist. Like what is the song mm. that best represents that to you? I had a leader do this where her old playlist was um, I'm left out. Mm. And she had her anchor song be Adele's hello. Cause it was like, hello, can you hear me? You know, like, and so when she found herself kind of going to that old neural pathway of like, I'm left out of this core meeting that I should be in. And, and they didn't include me in this publication or whatever it may be. She was like, oh, there's Adele again, right? There's Adele. Uh, and it, so it, it's, it yeah. sort of would catch her now. Now that's the way to interrupt the pattern. Now we want to look at, okay, what is the new what is the new one? And I have a couple of different techniques in there of finding like, what is the true resonant um, new playlist title? Like what it, and what are the emotions you want to be feeling Mm. instead? And then let's find music that puts you into that state that has you feel those feelings. Mm. And then we create a plan to how we're going to leverage this. We're going to play it in the, you know, like we need to understand a little bit your life of like, when I'm driving, I'm going to play it. Or before I go on stage, I've got my anchor song yeah, and my old new playlist anchor song. Yeah. And I'm going to listen to that before they, I go on. Think about this. The athletes know this. Oh, like yeah. Phelps sure. face. Yeah. Remember Phelps face? Like yeah. he was priming himself to shift his state to be ready yeah. to go. And so I'm not just saying we use music to lighten our mood or change our mood. I'm saying we can use music to heal some of these deep seated patterns that can get in our way. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So, um, 
so we're creating we're 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 doing two things one is using music in a, in a way to 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 stop or to recognize when we're heading down the pathway and and the other thing is to refocus on a here's what the new me is and here's the theme song or playlist to that to that yes. new way that i want to be looking at the world versus the old way right Yes. Yes. And so I've got this seven step process that I outlined in the book to kind of take you through that with, you know, suggest important prompts for you to think about. Um, And I put together a masterclass that could also support people in doing this work. Cause I just, I just find like why there's something out there that's accessible to everyone, Mm. which is music And we have only scratched the surface on the power of what it could do because of its influence on priming the neural landscape to create new neural pathways. I think it's really, really interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, in all the things I've read in, in, you know, all the people I've talked to, I haven't heard about the idea of using music. I love it. Uh, Definitely understand how that could be really effective in, in, you know, making that shift. Uh, I think we need it. I mean, we need to, because I, you know, I see people repeating the same patterns all the time. I mean, it's in, you know, I actually read a book somewhere. It might've been first break all the rules. It said people over 35 don't change. Like they're, 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 they have a pattern and this is what you're talking about. They have a pattern. They don't change. And you're saying there is a way to change, but we've got to, you've got to figure out what's your, what's your ceiling. What's creating, what are you bumping up against? Yeah. And then how do what's you the shift pattern? that? Yeah. Yeah. How really do you understand that? the pattern. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really think it's interesting. Um, so when, uh, if, you know, as people read, the book is, uh, when does it come out? It's later this year, right? October yeah. October 18th. Okay, so pretty quick, pretty soon. <clears throat> and so as people read the book, uh, what do you hope they come away with uh, once they've read the book and they they understand the techniques behind it? I think to take a deeper look in the mirror to to understand that if there's something you're not liking that's happening on the external world, let's look to shift on what's going on internally, mm. that you're broadcasting a message, whether you know it or not, uh, around these patterns. And so, of course, life is going to continue to show up that way for you. But there is a there is a way to to shift it and it can happen sooner than you think. And that's why I say it's a hack where you can accelerate your ability to make the change using music. Mm, Excellent. That's really cool. Really cool. Well, congratulations on this new book. I think it's going to be exciting. And uh, I'll get a copy of it when it comes out because I think I'll see if I can solve my uh, imposter syndrome problem I've got. I would love to hear. (laughs) Will you keep me posted? Let me know because um, I want to hear what it what it does for you, what songs you pick. Um, and I think we're going to be creating a platform of a community for people to share that kind of information because you're not the only person out there that has that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so um, sharing what music, because different music resonates for different people, right? Mm. So you might find country music, other people rap, you know, you've got to find what it does to you. And that's very personal. Mm, very, very interesting. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. So, uh, Susan, how can people find out more about you, your company, this new book, and your podcast? Yes, you can go to susandrum.com slash book or the leadersplaylistbook.com to learn about the book. And uh, it's, uh, by the way, S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M.com slash book. We'll tell you more about the book. The podcast is also on my personal website. And you can also get to the consulting 
uh, arm of our work uh, and Meritage leadership from there. That's fantastic. So we'll put links in the show notes for all those resources. Susan, I'm really, this is exciting. This is a really a new concept for me. I'm excited about what you're doing and the work that you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck with this new, uh, with this new book. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing this really interesting perspective. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be on here and giving me a platform to share the message. Well, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour.